Hey beautiful soul, this is the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. I'm helping you create a vibrant life of joy and happiness without your menopause stealing your personal power and sass. Together, we're making menopause mainstream. Your CBT therapist will help you to examine the evidence for and also look at the evidence against these negative thoughts. Welcome to another episode of the Menopause Coach Podcast with me, your host, Adele Johnston. As always, right? I am here today because we are going to go inside another key topic. How many of us looked at this title and went, oh, or oh, or oh. Yeah, it's funny how you can use one word and get lots of different meanings from it, right? Two little letters, O and H. Oh. So we're going to cover cognitive behavioral therapy or CBT for short and positive psychology. Very sexy, right? Both of which are psychological approaches aimed at improving well-being and addressing mental health concerns. But they do differ in their theoretical foundations. And I want to cover off the theory behind what that is. I want to look at how they focus in, how do they work with techniques and what techniques are used. And also, whilst some people find great support in CBT practices or cognitive behavioural therapy, others find them frustrating and non-supportive. And therefore, I'm here to explore both cognitive behavioural therapy. We're just going to refer to it as CBT for now on and save my voice and positive psychology so that we can make our own informed decisions and choices around the care and best support that we want for our wants and for our needs because both are important. So strap in, let's go. Let's start with cognitive behavioural therapy or CBT for short and something that many of us in the UK have been hearing a lot about, especially as the new drafted NICE guidelines start to circulate in conversations and in the menopause space. We heard a lot recently that came up about the controversy around how NICE were specifying that CBT would be that huge, massive, big support tool for menopause care. And many had then read that to say, well, actually, it's it's there to um, replace HRT or hormone replacement therapy. I want to just give my opinion on this before we even get started so that you know where I'm coming from from this. It is not that it is there to and designed to replace our hormone replacement therapies or treatments, but to, I suppose, complement if we want to look at it that way. One caveat to that, however, is that I do believe that many of us will experience a little bit of medical gaslighting as we go through our journeys of getting the right and appropriate care. And the problem that we may face with this is many GPs may then turn to the NICE guidelines, guidelines and guidance around then CBT being inverted commas prescribed form of therapy and and action rather than prescribing hormone replacement therapy. Now it is a bit of a concern and a worry and I just wanted to cover that off at the start but what the NICE guidelines is not saying is that it's one or the other. It's there as a complementary therapy to this. We don't even want to dive inside the world of whether there's enough budgetary um, support put aside for actually the amount of numbers or women that may inevitably ask for that support. So we park that one and we can have that discussion another time. So let's just start and dive inside this one. And, you know, I laugh a little bit about CBT. It's been around for decades, right? Many women have used this as a tool and we're just referring to women at the moment because we're looking at this through a menopause lens. 
and it has evolved. There are multiple disciplines that fall within each of these as tools and starting with CBT, a widely used form of psychotherapy. And it focuses on addressing and changing negative patterns of thinking and behaviour. So it operates on the principle that our thoughts, our feelings and our behaviours are interconnected. And we know that, right? We know that when we have a low mood, we are likely to feel more lethargy, less energy. We're likely to or potentially feel a little bit sorry for ourselves. And that might lead us to taking action in relative form for that. Turning to chocolate, for example, or turning to glasses of wine if we're feeling that these emotions are having an impact. So whilst it has been used for decades, it's evolved and we have seen many different um, support tools that have come through from CBT. I want to be able to look at how this widely used form of psychotherapy that does support us through looking at negative patterns of thinking and behaviour and changing that, how it operates And operating on the principle that our thoughts, feelings and behaviours are interconnected is where we're going to begin. Just by changing one aspect of those things, CBT basically specifies that we can influence others in our physical and emotional being. So when we focus on cognitive behavioural therapy patterns, CBT emphasises that the connection between our thoughts and our feelings and our behaviours are interlinked. And it aims to identify and then modify So identifying first and foremost any negative or maladaptive patterns and cognitive patterns and behaviours that can contribute to us feeling a little bit emotionally distressed and then starting to look at and emphasising on how we modify that way of thinking. It has a very problem-solving focus, meaning that CBT is a problem-focused and goal-orientated tool. It emphasises identifying those problems or the symptoms or emotions that we feel and developing very practical strategies to address them yeah, and how we may then support inside our menopause care. So these CBT techniques include many different forms and I want to just touch on a few of them. Making a disclaimer that I am not a CBT therapist. I am a double certified positive psychology coach But I thought that it was such a powerful balancing tool to show you both of these practices side by side in this episode. So for CBT techniques, the ones that we are very familiar with are cognitive restructuring. I'm going to explain what these are in just a moment. Behaviour modification, does as it says on the tin, and exposure therapy. Three of which that really intrigued me and I started to do further reading on them for this episode. So again, when we think about what these are in everyday language, that's why I'm here. I've got you. I have done the reading and reviewing and put it into my words. So here we go. Cognitive restructuring. Again, we kind of get what this means from the title, but it involves identifying and then challenging those negative or, as I like to refer to them, distorted thoughts. Yeah, and potentially beliefs as well that can contribute to us feeling very emotionally distressed. So think of this as a the catastrophizing mind, the chimp brain, the irrational thoughts that really start to come out and, and overtake the way that we feel when we are more in balance. So when we use CBT, we'd be looking at this to identify those negative thoughts first off and where we can then learn to recognize 
those negative thoughts that come in on what maybe triggers the response that we then feel. Yeah, we always have triggers and we have a response to. And this is where really, you know, making the point here that your CBT therapist will help you to examine the evidence for and also look at the evidence against these negative thoughts. And that might involve questioning. So again, you may feel uncomfortable with the questions that are asked. But again, it's from that place and space of this is about identifying what it is that's coming up and potentially where these thoughts are stemming from. So involving questioning, involving that validity of thought, is it true or are we in that catastrophizing mind? You'll then learn to generate more balanced and realistic alternative thoughts or interpretations of those thoughts over time, the more and more you practice within the space of CBT therapy. And it's also thought then that through this process that we will learn to be able to repurpose, practice that repetition almost of that daily stand up and do your therapy work. Yeah. So when we think about this, it's about being able to then replace those negative thoughts with healthier thoughts. And it's not that what we're saying here is we need to have toxic positivity and that your thoughts, feelings and emotions are not valid. They are. We validate before we do anything. And that's where these um, therapies really don't differ much yeah, between CBT and positive psychology interventions, because we always look to identify and to validate those emotional feelings and thoughts. They are valid. Maybe an example might help with this. So if we had someone that constantly thinks, you know, I can't do that, or I'm going to fail at that. And I made a really bad decision at work the other week, and it was just horrific then cognitive restructuring can help to challenge that thought by considering the evidence. And this is where we then get to come into our rational, logical mind. We get to think of, well, wait a minute. Okay, I made a mistake. And actually, I've had so many success stories before that. But we always will focus on the one thing that went wrong rather than the multiple things that went right. And what CBT helps us to do is to recognize that and reference it so that we are able to see that Everyone makes mistakes, but actually it's our, our ability to be resilient and bounce back from that. Now, when we think about the behavior side of this, behavior modification involves identifying and then changing those specific behaviors. And this is where we might find that these behaviors start to interfere with our ability to function, let alone set goals. So when we look at behavior analysis and identify these behaviors that we're experiencing or triggers <laughs> that happen, we are then able to get a little bit clearer on achieving more. And I don't mean as in you need to go set these big massive goals for yourself. It can literally just be a, I'm going to focus on day by day, step by step, on emotion by emotion. And CBT can support with that. So when we think about then the strategies that we can use for this, we get to then implement the strategies and certain things like that. Again, and I'm very deliberately being vague with you around the strategies because each and every individual needs their own pathway with this. Yes, we will look at the, the certain aspects and elements to this. And I you know, very much advocate the identifying of what is it we feel? What are we experiencing? Being able to then look at the behavior modification that we tools that we need to use and then being able to look at how we monitor that. We can't just do something once and expect that something will change. We have to show up day by day and then we have to be able to monitor it and see 
what's the progress we're making? Tiny little incremental changes add up to big things. So again, if someone avoids social situations, for example, due to social anxiety, this happens. And we notice it quite a lot within menopause. We refer to it as antisocial, but actually, is it more because we have anxiety around social situations that we haven't ever experienced before? So we're finding it difficult to name that that is happening. But these behaviours modify and we have these amazing techniques that involve just very small, gradual exposure to, for in this example, a social setting starting with less anxiety provoking situations initially, it might just be with one or two people and then gradually starting to challenge more. Maybe then it becomes a a small event with maybe 12 or 20 people as we start to build up and see how does it feel? How long did we last? So again, it's about this whole piece of gradually and beautifully starting to challenge these emotions and these thoughts and then exposure therapy. So This is one where when we look at what exposure therapy is, it's a behavioural technique where we can help ourselves to reduce fear and anxiety. But it's through that gradual exposure. Um, And again, with this one, it must be done working alongside your therapist to navigate the emotions and fears that come up. So phobias, for example. Yeah, we can't just all of a sudden thrust something, fear of heights, for example, the exposure therapy might involve gradually exposing you to heights, but it might be looking at pictures first. It might not just be shoving you onto the side of a bridge or a balcony and saying, hey, look over. Holy hell, right? From someone who is really quite frightened of heights. No, thank you. So yes, it's about understanding then if we can, what can we do? And where is our tolerance levels within this without causing any type of um, progress within, or let's just say even regression rather than progress, regression within that fear setting, actually traumatizing you in the process. That's not the game. None of this can be done alone. But really, if we think about cognitive restructuring and the behaviors that we can modify through this, There are really beautiful techniques within CBT that can help you to identify and change these thought patterns and these maladaptive behaviours and these responses emotionally as well. And it helps your health and well-being. But again, make sure that you are guided through this practice. Now, we may find that for some line of support that this therapy is exactly what's needed for where you are. And for others, it can actually be too much and it can be too overwhelming and too many bits within the puzzle to try and put together. And this is where positive psychology can be favoured and achieve a lot better results for some. So in positive psychology, the focus is around strengths and virtues. And this is why I love this. This is why I study it and why I coach within it. But positive psychology, focusing on identifying and then cultivating strengths and positive aspects of of your human experience and life. And rather than solely addressing deficits, it looks at emphasizing and promoting well-being, resilience. I love that space and flourishing rather than alleviating just symptoms. And we want to then help the brain to rewire to form these gratitude enriched connections and teach the brain how to manage these thoughts and feelings when they are less abundant. So in the promotion of when we think about positive emotions and the engagement we have around those, positive psychology seeks to enhance these positive emotions like gratitude and joy and contentment and connection. And it facilitates the engagement in very meaningful ways. 
yeah, connective in with relationships, for example. So there are beautiful ways of looking at this. And again, it's that whole feeling of optimism, inner self-resilience and a really powerful sense of purpose. Yeah, and as human beings, we each have this desire to really innately feel connected to our purpose in life. This is why positive psychology is so enriching, because it fosters that. It also grounds in scientific research. And again, much like CBT, it's very evidence-based, very science-rich, and seeks to identify the very evidence-based interventions and practices that can really significantly help you in your well-being and enhance your functioning. So maybe techniques such as mindfulness you're familiar with, gratitude exercises, strengths assessments. These are powerful. I love the strength assessment side of things. Character strengths that we bring in. Yeah, we get to truly, truly just be on purpose with ourselves and these positive interventions that are greatly, greatly beneficial. Now, if we look at the key differences We've got this problem orientation versus strengths orientation. Now, while CBT focuses on identifying and addressing problems and symptoms, naming them, how does that feel? What do we think? Um, Positive psychology emphasizes identifying and then cultivating the strengths and the positive emotions. So we basically flip a reframe and it becomes less about the problem in hand more towards the strengths in the situation. And I hope you're still following me. (laughs) So we support the reframe mindset within positive psychology. An example might be, I'm exhausted from not sleeping last night. I feel very weak and emotionally vulnerable and physically my body feels heavy and sore. Rather than a negative feeling, the positive psychology tools teach us that we can then see the positives in this. So rather than it be something where it's a, I'm going to sit within my pity party wallow zone and we get to do that full permission, but we get to come out of it eventually and say, well, I'm giving myself permission to just go slow today, to cancel out my diary. Yeah, afford myself more self-cares today. Say no to others whilst I recover and say yes to me today. We get to make those choices. And for some of you, that might feel triggering because you might think, well, Adele, that's easy for you. You run your own business. You don't have a corporate career that you have to show up to for your diary. You don't have to show up to in your diary if you're not well enough to do so. Being not well is not just about the physical. It's also about the energy, the emotions, the connection to yourself. So again, you have the choice. And I would hope that you would always choose yourself first. CBT is almost in that pathology. Positive psychology being within that flourishing output, that goal of flourishing and achieving it. So CBT primarily focusing on alleviating symptoms of psychological disorders or distress, whereas positive psychology aiming to promote flourishing, resilience, optimal functioning, living life happy, yeah, cultivating strengths and really deep-rooted self-connection. And then in a treatment versus prevention, CBT primarily used for treatment purposes. Yeah, something has already happened and we're addressing existing mental health concerns, which is beautiful, right? So supportive and really well used widely. Whereas positive psychology, although also concerned with prevention and enhancement of well-being, it looks at this on a wider scale of 
we can react with positive psychology tools, but it's really a prevention exercise. Whilst both cognitive behavioural therapy and positive psychology share this common goal, well-being and feeling well and happiness, they do differ a little bit in their theory, yeah, the treatment approaches and the focus. CBT problem-focused and aims to modify those negative cognitive and behavioural patterns, whilst positive psychology focusing on strengths, virtues, resilience, and, you know, really positive emotions. So both about well-being. So I thought it would be interesting to then have a little bit of a chat with you around some tools and ways that this can support us in menopause, because I use this myself and I have done for years, but I also support each and every one of my clients inside my space, regardless of how you work with me, Every single part of the work that I do involves some form of positive psychology support. So we look at things like symptom management, menopause associated with a huge range of physical and psychological symptoms. Yeah, I don't need to even start rhyming them off because we know what they are. But CBT itself can then help us as women to develop really good coping strategies and manage these symptoms more effectively. Again, with positive psychology interventions in that proactive sense can really promote positivity in the process. Yeah, again, if we are relaxing and using these relaxation techniques through positive psychology, we might actually be able to see that when we have a moment of, for example, brain fog, I was with a client this morning and she is deep inside her breast cancer journey just now. And we have gone very, very deeply inside the positive psychology space and the intervention tools and practices. And she said to me, you know, before I would have apologised for my brain fog. And now she doesn't. She accepts that actually that's just part and parcel of where she is with her own journey through her cancer treatment as well. So when this happens, when things like brain fog show up, This is where we're able to really take a moment to say, well, I could get annoyed with it. I could start to really beat myself up and apologise to people and say, I'm really sorry, my silly brain's not working. Brain fog, making all the apologies. Or we can simply just say to ourselves, it's all right. I just get a moment to be clear brained. Yeah, just nothing's happening right now. No words are coming. No thoughts are there. I just get this micro moment to just be. So thinking about this, there are other things as well that we can think about when we consider things like mood disturbances. The three good things journal practice is very powerful for this. You can go to the show notes for your free download version of this journal that I have created for you. So just click that, download it and use it. And then when we think about emotional side of support, menopause can be a challenging life transition. Yeah, we've got lots of feelings that happen through this, lots of emotions that we may not have felt or allowed ourselves to experience prior. So when we think about this, CBT provides a supportive environment for women, for us, to explore our emotions. Yeah, and positive psychology brings that art of self-connection, reinvention, positive power. And using the PERMA-V model and framework we get to look at things like meaning and purpose and relationships. Yes. Oh, yes. Fire in the belly, love in the heart. And then stress reduction. Big one. I get this. Menopause often coinciding with a lot of life stressors. You know, we're working, we're maybe family responsibilities or caregiving duties. 
and CBT equipping us with stress management techniques. That's brilliant. Positive psychology practices helping to prevent the stress, yeah, enhancing overall resilience and really truly helping our coping abilities. And then sleep. Sleep is a big one. The disturbances are so common during menopause and there is a form of CBT, it's known as CBTI, Cognitive Behavioural Therapy for Insomnia. How cool is that, right? Specialised form of CBT and it focuses on improving sleep quality and addressing underlying factors which may be contributing to insomnia. But not everyone that has a sleep disturbance equals insomnia. So it's about us understanding how do we feel, what emotions are present for us, you know, what is that relaying itself in the physical and emotional form for us. And positive psychology can support majorly in sleep disturbances where we learn to bring ourselves back to our physical and emotional body. Breath work, for example, a powerful and very, very underrated practice. Under practice practice. And yet one that when you work with me, I deliver beautifully in both recordings and live teachings and beautifully supports. One of my clients actually told me today that one of her um, children, who's a young teenager, was having a bit of an emotional struggle. So she asked her to just lie on the bed and she played one of my I am affirmations exercises to her. And it was the difference between her daughter having a very anxious and anxiety driven morning to feeling very controlled, beautifully centered and powerful to go about the rest of her day. So this works. So in my opinion, and this is really important because we should all value our own opinions, not just others. Cognitive behavioral therapy and positive psychology practices both offer a structured and evidence-based approach. And when we think about it, about addressing physical and psychological challenges in menopause, but one may be more suitable than the other for you. One may be more suitable over the other for me. And it's about working with a qualified therapist for your CBT or a mentor to support you through your positive psychology journey so that you can equip yourself in your menopause journey with what will work best for you. I want you to ask me about how I can help you with your menopause journey as a double certified positive psychology coach. You've already got the offering there for the free download of my three good things practice to get you started. But I would love for you to link in on next steps. And I'm excited for what's ahead for you if you choose to make this happen. So invitation to ask me how I can help you to get ready for menopause support. If you're already in your menopause journey, then again, how we can proactively support your emotional and physical self. I'm opening spaces to my mentorship program and the invitation, if you are ready, is to reach out and ask how you can be a part of that with a very empowered decision, action learning, science-backed and evidence-based techniques that get results every time. So whether your goal is for more happiness, less scale weight or body fat, better sleep or more energy and better confidence, this works. Ask me how by messaging me the word ready today and I will see you soon. Have the most vibrant, happiness-filled day today and until next week with love and gratitude. I truly hope this episode has sparked something vibrant inside of you. I ask only one thing. To help keep these episodes coming, please subscribe and share with another in your life. That's how we reach more women worldwide and we help them step into their power. 
because together we are working to remove any of the stigma and taboo that surrounds menopause. This does not need to be a daunting, a scary, a taboo time in anyone's life. So together, let's make menopause mainstream.